As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Taysom Hill is quarterbacking the Saints. There's no better way to root him on than with the Saints happy hour crew to Taysom Cup. Become a Saints Happy Hour patron and you get one in your booze bundle welcome kit, along with four other amazing swag items. As a patron, you will also get full access to every Saints Happy Hour daily podcast covering everything Saints every day. Plus, you get access to our private Discord channel where you can talk Saints with other Saints Happy Hour patrons 24-7. Sign up for an annual subscription and save 5% off the monthly rate. What are you waiting for? Go to SaintsHappyHour.com and sign up today. This is Sean Payton, head coach of the New Orleans Saints. What's with this Saints Happy Cast? This has to be the worst Saints podcast in the world. Ralph can't say anyone's name right. Andrew doesn't know football. Everyone has a hard time listening to Dave. And is Kevin even there tonight? The audio with this podcast, my God, the audio, it's its painful. Oh, welcome in, everybody. It's holiday week. Maybe you're traveling, maybe you're not, but thanks for joining us on the Saints Happy Hour podcast. Find us wherever you get your podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. Uh... And give us five stars. If you don't give us five stars, don't give us any stars at all. Andrew, today we are doing your grades. By the way, sign up, become a patron, $10 level. You get access to everything, and you get access to Andrew's written grades. And I say this all the time, but Andrew's player grades are the best, most well-written, easy-to-understand player grades for the Saints you're going to find anywhere. He gives you the technical stuff you need to know, but it's written in a way you can understand if you're not a football nerd, and it's amazing. Uh, Andrew, I got to say, the Saints defense, is it the best defense in the NFC of the playoff contenders? Right now it is, yeah. Uh, And that can change week to week. Injuries can have an effect on it. Saints have been pretty lucky in terms of injuries. I know they were yeah. missing Lattimore this week, but and, and I know Rankins is on IR right now, and hopefully he'll be back soon. But speaking generally, you know, Demario Davis has been fine, and the secondary, with the exception of Lattimore, I mean, there was that one game earlier in the season where they had to roll with PJ and Patrick Robinson, but you know, they haven't had anything catastrophic happen. So they, they've been fortunate there, but. Uh, like I said, in the NFL, things can change very quickly week to week. But as it stands right now, I have to say, yes, they are the best defense in the okay. NFC. I'm going to make myself – I'm going to – when I'm about to say it's going to make me – people realize that I'm really old. But I am really old because I wake up every morning and my neck's a train wreck. Um, the Saints defensive line on Sunday, Andrew, you, you gave out three A's. But you know what it felt like to me? That performance – Sunday against the Falcons, that felt like the 2000 Saints 
under Jim Haslett. And that 2000 Saints, they had 66 sacks. They broke the NFL record for most sacks in a year. And that defensive line had three dudes with double-digit sacks. And they did that damn near every week where they just destroyed teams and turned quarterbacks into basket cases. And it was almost like watching Atlanta's offensive line. It was almost like watching a house just Burned to the ground, and the Saints' defensive line, instead of trying to put it out, was just shoveling coal and gasoline on it. And it wasn't like an all-the-sudden thing. It was just like a slow, steady burn. And then in the middle of the second quarter, you text me, and you're like, Matt Ryan's a basket case. They've, they've shook him. And that's what it felt to me. It felt like 2,000-level Saints pass rush good great and that to me is the gold standard of saints pass rushes yeah i think you you see the eight sacks and the pass rush did a great job and they got there a lot the saints blitzed a decent amount in this game um so they they sent more than four rushers on a number of occasions and i just want to point out that several of those were coverage sacks so the injury to julio jones and him being limited by that hamstring Certainly played a factor. Uh, But what you saw for the most part was a guy, at least physically, in Patrick Robinson who can match up with him. Because Patrick Robinson has great strength and he has nice height. So in terms, and he has good technique. So in terms of his size, you knew that was a guy that could at least match up, especially if Julio Jones was hampered and didn't have his normal speed. So that played into the Saints' hands. And then on top of that, Marcus Williams gave him a lot of attention. There was a lot of brackets on Julio Jones. So what it left was a lot of opportunities for Calvin Ridley. And and Matt Ryan was often looking that way when he would feel pressure. And I got to say, while the defensive line was awesome, they got a lot of sacks and they got a lot of pressure, how Janoris Jenkins played in this game competing against Calvin Ridley is – Ultimately, in my opinion, going to be the unsung matchup of this game. And when you paint the story of this game and everyone wants to talk about Taysom and everyone wants to talk about the Saints defense. But to me, at its core, when you look at the number of sacks, it really came down to the Saints saying we the matchup that you're going to have to exploit is one on one Janoris Jenkins against Ridley. And the Falcons just could not exploit that matchup. Because the combination of Matt Ryan getting hit enough times that he wasn't accurate enough and Janoris Jenkins being up for the challenge. Uh, So that to me, that was like if you want to kind of go microcosm, that was the matchup where the Saints had the upper hand and it kind of unlocked everything. Yeah, I mean, the thing is with Patrick Robinson is he was a good player in San Diego. He was a good player in Philadelphia. There's a reason they brought him back. And he's good in he good in Indianapolis too. And he was good in Indianapolis. And he got hurt with the Saints and broke his ankle and it was a pretty bad injury. And maybe it just takes took him time to get back. And he may be this may be one of those years where it's like Zach Street, remember? He got old and he started to struggle, struggle, struggle. And then in twenty sixteen he was magically healthy and he was fan freaking tastic all year 2017 he got injured the opening week and now he's the and then you blinked your eyes and he's the Saints play-by-play guy right but we may just be getting one of those random old man years from Patrick Robinson where he's going to be good this year and next year he's going to decline and you know it's going to be different 
So the thing about Patrick Robinson is I think that he is not a guy that you want playing 16 games almost, right? Like you love his power. You love his ability to play the run. He can cover the slot. He can cover outside. He's a really versatile player. He's been in the league for a long time. He knows what to do. I I think the Saints are in a perfect situation with him where when Lattimore goes down, he can come in. You know, if they have an injury, they can plug him in. He knows exactly what to do. They know he's going to be prepared physically. They know he's going to be prepared mentally. They know his technique is going to be good, all that stuff. He may not be the fastest dude at this stage of his career, uh, but he's going to make up for that just with his IQ and, and taking shorter routes to the ball and, and good technique and all that stuff. It's kind of what we're seeing with Malcolm Jenkins. But I think with Patrick Robinson, we... Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Don't want to, and he does have a history of injuries. You don't want to count on him for 16 games. You don't want him to be your number one corner. No. But as a guy that's kind of stashed on your bench as your number yeah. four, your number five, and he really doesn't play for most of the year. And then, boom, a couple injuries come up and you need yeah. him to start for two weeks. And then he goes back to the bench and he can heal up. It's the perfect situation for that. And I just think most teams, when you talk about their fifth or sixth corner, they don't have it's, some U, it's some UDFA or it's, it's a seventh-round rookie. And by the time they get to him, he's a freaking disaster. Yeah. Because cool. he doesn't have the experience. He doesn't know what he's doing. Cool. And, and that's where you see teams get lit up. You know, or or they'll go to the waiver wire and pick up like a Sterling Moore type, right? Yeah, or, it's like the best they can find. Or they're like Buffalo and they have Josh Norman. He's a name, you recognize him, but he's broken. And he's old yeah. and, and washed. And, and that might seem that might seem simple, but it's, it's not it's tricky, man. You have you have you have to find a veteran that is committed to staying in shape, committed to working his ass off all yeah. pay why I mean let's let's be honest, like Patrick Robinson is not making bank. You know, he, he could easily retire right now and just be like, yeah, I'm kind of done with football. See, you have to find a veteran that is going to accept lower pay, is going to, because he loves football so much, you know, he, he wants to be yeah. on the team and he's going to accept the job where he doesn't play for five weeks. I mean, maybe he'll play a little bit on special teams and he's got to accept that role. And I think that says a lot about Patrick Robinson. Yeah. Honestly, and Patrick, that, that he he wants to take on that role, and that he he's up for whatever. Well, the team. thing about Patrick Robinson, two two family considerations. One, he really liked his time in New Orleans, and his wife is from the area, and her family's here, and he really likes it here. So if you you may not be happy with your playing time and that sort of thing, 
But you like it because your family's happy and you like being in New Orleans. That motivates you. You know, it's these things that we don't think about necessarily that are like real life things that different people have different motivations. And I'll tell you another thing. You know, people were like, hey, the Saints, they shouldn't have cut Larry Warford. They could have should have kept him. They didn't need him now. The thing with Larry Warford is he got fat and out of shape last year. The Saints didn't feel like he would be a good backup, you know. So they're like, hey, we don't want yeah. – we don't think he's going to be – in the right mindset if he's a backup. So they released and they moved on. Um, the last thing about the defense, Andrew, uh, and I don't know his injury status. He went in the injury center. Kwan Alexander, my God, he looked like he – his physical skills are ridiculous. He's just so quick, uh, quick to the sideline, great in coverage, great instincts. Um there's a big difference between him and Anzalone. I, I will say Anzalone from a power standpoint, he's just a, he's a little bigger. Uh, so you just like his run fits a little bit better. And I, I do like how he, you know, run gaps. But I, I think you sacrifice a little bit there because of what you gain in coverage and what you gain in lateral speed. When you gain in just football instincts. Uh, we've only seen two weeks so far. And already this DeMario Davis, Quan Alexander tandem uh, ramps it up a significant notch. I just think in terms of the Saints defense in the middle, you've got two guys that are heat seeking missiles, fast yep. football, physical and and just have a nose for the ball. And so now you, it's now you got two guys like that instead of you just got, one. You got potentially a tandem at linebacker for the Saints that is as good as Tampa's. You know, uh, yeah, I would say it's maybe not quite on that level. It's uh, close but though, it's, but it's pretty close. It's ballpark, it's close. Yeah, and, and um, look, <laughs> that may end up being. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to oversell it. Uh, we'll see how things go as the season progresses. But when you talk about, like, I don't want to minimize. Like, Taysom Hill had a good game. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about more about Taysom in a minute, but. When, when you're in a game like that where you're missing your starting quarterback, you're missing your starting corner, you know, it's the old adage everyone has to yep. – you're not going to replace Drew. Everyone has to raise their level. And when you see the way this defense played, yeah, man, it's like Matt Ryan had no answers. He had yeah. no answers. And I'll say th- none. And I'll say this and, about – But, but hold, hold on, Ralph. Let me finish that thought. Like it's one of those things where Matt Ryan had no answers, but sometimes, right – the answer is as simple as if Janoris Jenkins is one guy, if he was playing worse and you were victimizing him continually with Calvin Ridley, then it's that, then he has a solution. Yeah. And, and then it's like, Oh shit, we've got to, we got to change our defense to, to account for that. Uh, and, and so I just want to say with Quan Alexander, maybe the solution if Anzalone was on the field was let's check it down to the running back. You, nothing else is working, but Let's force Anzalone to cover this running back and make the tackle. And maybe that's the solution. And so I just want to say, like, these moves where Janoris Jenkins is playing well and Patrick Robinson steps in and Quan Alexander is playing really well, they all matter. Yeah. there's I forget. It was a college course I take, and I forget the theory. And there's basically when they have, like, a, a crisis or sometimes there's a, plop, there's a problem – and there's no solution. And I forget the name of the theory. And basically, that's what it was. The solution was Matt Ryan on his back. Like, there was no, there was no answer to it. 
The wait is finally over. Football is in full effect with many teams strutting their stuff early. You might not be at the game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. Head to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. About um, what's going on with the Saints, what's going on with the Saints, and I think. Perhaps we, um, perhaps we over, we, 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 we underestimated it a little bit is with Demario Davis, his daughter had cancer and she had her eye removed and thankfully she's cancer free now and that's great. But I just want to say, I really believe Andrew, there's a possibility that that was one of the things keeping him from playing great. And I know we view these football players as they make millions of dollars, they're superheroes, put all your personal stuff aside and go play and be awesome, but that ain't real life, man. And I'm going to tell you, if my kid had cancer, I would be barely functioning at my job. Barely. Yeah, I I think we we all feel that way. And on top of that, you know, most jobs, at least mine and I'm sure yours too to some degree, is, you know, a lot of it's unemotional. You know, you, yeah. you kind of show up, you clock in, you do your work. And football is not that way. You, you it, it requires you to play at a level of intensity and focus and emotion, especially on the defensive side of the ball, When you, especially when you're playing linebacker. Yeah, because linebacker is uh, about being emotional, being smart, and wrecking things. Yes. And, you know, when your mind's elsewhere and, and you've got other things yep. bothering you, yeah, you know, I'm look, he's human, you know, and it's his yeah. kid. So that's a great point, Ralph. I totally agree he with just, you. And he looks it, he looks like a guy that has had 2,000 pounds of weight lifted off of him. Yeah. And he looks I lighter totally. and he looks happier. You know why? Cuz his daughter's cancer free. And I just think I just think as fans and media, we do the feel good stories about the but it just and I think sometimes the media is afraid to ask it because football players they have this mental this toughness and we expect them to be warriors and it makes them vulnerable to say my my daughter had cancer and that's just weighing me down and I I couldn't be what I know I could be but now I am and I'm going to tell you what you always said Lattimore Cam Jordan Demario Davis you gave two A pluses Cam Jordan Demario Davis the Saints defense is awesome it ain't it ain't a coincidence it's not Uh, I uh, again I think it's a good point, um, but you know, first of all, Cam Jordan, man. I just have to say real quick again. I know I'm a broken record now, but Hall of Fame, Hall Falcons of Fame killer. Falcons I mean, what saint at this point could you say is more of a Falcon killer than him? Besides maybe Brees, uh, I don't it, know. it's it's amazing. I, don't, I mean, uh, yeah, I don't because it's the Falcons used to own the Saints. More, I mean, and and. I can't. I can't think of one. But the the question I had wanted to ask you on the big show that I didn't is we we reveled in Cam Jordan just how he hates the Falcons as much as we do, and he had the three sacks, and he's awesome, and he was rejuvenated. But but did you see what did you see from him? Did you see things physically from him different that makes you go, oh, maybe Cam Jordan, maybe he's getting get, maybe he's this isn't just an aberration. Maybe he's gotten right physically. Did you see? Dif- right, did you see something right, that right. gives you hope well, there? It's funny because he missed a day of practice this week with a back issue. Yeah, well, I can't remember <clears throat> if that was last week or this week, but that was the first time 
that something was out there on the injury report. They're like, oh, something's a little wrong with him. He missed a day of practice. Um, but to answer your question right from the very first snap, man, he gets a sack on the seventh pass play of the game. So Atlanta's seventh drop back, that's when he gets a sack. But on the first six passes, he was getting pressure. And so like right from the very beginning, really the first snap, the first pass rep, pass rush rep he had, he was getting pressure and it was just like, okay, I haven't seen this all season. So even it's like in, in some other games, Ralph, where he's gotten sacks, it's been like maybe on Yamada or Trey Hendrickson get the initial pressure and he gets a cleanup sack. So it was even like, well, I'm glad he got a sack there, but like he still doesn't look like Cam Jordan. You know, it was just like he still just doesn't look right. And even in some of these games that we'll say were quote unquote good or just better uh, in a season where he's been underperforming, I just felt like there were a lot of times where even when he was making plays, it wasn't super impressive. And yeah. and that's the thing. It's like it's you know, you want to see your guy that's got two sacks, but you want to also see him have like seven pressures, right? It's not just yeah. about the sack number. It's you want to see him winning the one-on-one battles consistently. He hasn't been doing that, but right from the first snap, I don't know what it is about Atlanta. I don't know what it is <laughs> about that right tackle, but he, he owns, owns that guy. Well, and maybe, maybe Cam Jordan got rest and the good drugs this week. Maybe. <laughs> and maybe look, whatever look, combination of things he did, it worked. Like keep it keep, up, Cam. He, he needs to keep doing it. Yeah. He, he looked like Cam. It wasn't just about the three sacks. Like I just want to say again, the sacks are great, but I saw a completely different player that physically was moving and looked powerful and just looked like Cam Jordan. I'm right. Offense, you know, the one thing I will say about Taysom, and I noticed it in your in your film review, uh, and he was, you know, on one of those plays where the, the, the national media is bashing on Taysom because they don't want him to succeed, one of those ones that was like an arm punt, he got hit, and that's why yeah. it looked like an arm punt. And I was just like, God damn, that dude's got a cannon. Like, if you can get hit at the legs and still get the ball there, even if it was an arm punt, like, his physical skills are just ridiculous. Yeah, he's got good arm strength. Uh, you can't look at that throw and judge him. And, you know, the throw to Emmanuel Sanders for the touchdown uh, that was called back um, – that wasn't a perfect throw either, but you know, a lot of times with the deep ball, it's about putting your playmakers in a position to make yeah. a play, you know, and you just, you get, you sometimes it's just, just get it there. And most of the time, Emmanuel Sanders, if he's one-on-one with a corner, those guys are playing corner for a reason. And you, you trust the receiver most times, if he's good enough to make those plays. Yep. And, 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 and he did both times, you know, maybe it was Deion Jones. I just want to point out it was Deion Jones in coverage on him when that on the arm punt play. So <laughs> you know what? If if the ball's underthrown and he has to come back for it, like my money is on Emmanuel Sanders to make that play, not Deion Jones with his yeah. back to the ball. Sorry, like he's a linebacker. So you know sometimes it's about recognizing the matchup and just getting the ball out there. You know, just just doing that. So it was good to see the Saints stretch the field in the sense that they haven't done it all year. You know, it's been very rare that Breeze has taken those risks. And so, I mean, the whole air yards adage, it was nice to just and look, see that actually happen. You know, Emmanuel Sanders, Saints fans don't necessarily think of him that way, but he was a guy that the, the 49ers got him last year, and he was a guy that opened up their offense, 
you know, and they hit him for big plays and, and they used him incredibly well. And, you know, in the Super Bowl, they ran a play and he beat his dude and Jimmy Garoppolo just missed him. If Jimmy Garoppolo makes that throw, the 49ers would have won the Super Bowl. And I'm not saying Emmanuel Sanders would have been an MVP, but he'd have been in the same iconic space as, um, you know, Santonio Holmes and other guys that caught game-winning touchdowns. Garoppolo just missed him. So the point is he can he can get downfield, and it's something that you add with Oh, Taysom. no doubt. He's a good player. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, uh, it's going to take time, I think, for Taysom to just get comfortable with who he's getting the ball to. and Jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. Untrimmed pubes are a thing of the past. It's time to gear up and get yourself the gift of shaving this holiday season. I'm talking about the Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. This revolutionary company, Manscaped, has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their Lawnmower 3.0 has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology, so this trimmer cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Lawnmower 3.0 comes inside their brand new Perfect Package 3.0, which makes the perfect gift this holiday season. It's literally everything you need to keep trimmed, cut free, and smelling nice down there. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you use on your balls. That's just nasty. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0 also includes the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And yes, your balls stink. Speaking of sweaty and stinky balls, I am thankful for their Crop Reviver. This product, along with the Crop Preserver, keeps your balls from sweating, smelling, and sticking. And these products smell good. Their manly scent is attractive and will help you set the mood, if you know what I mean. The perfect package will also come with a pair of Manscaped boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's time to upgrade those overused pair of boxers to Manscaped's high-performance anti-chafing boxers. Tis the season to manscape, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, and friends the best gift of all. The Manscaped Perfect Package 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. I think the most encouraging thing is just the chemistry you saw right out of the bat with him and Michael Thomas. Yeah, that's what I was my knew, next thing. He knew where Thomas was going to be. Uh, the the location of the throws was excellent. It's interesting, even if you look at the pass interference play uh, where Michael Thomas kind of gets run over and, and he ends up getting a flag, the location of the throw by Taysom Hill is kind of high in a way. It's yeah. the only place Michael Thomas can go catch it. So even though the coverage was tight there, you just love where Taysom Hill put the ball because you know that if he's not stumbling and basically tackled on the play, Michael Thomas is going up and getting that, yeah. you know, and or, or at least if it's incomplete, like it's not going to be an interception based yeah. on the, the only Michael Thomas can catch that ball. The Michael so, Thomas, the Michael Thomas special game, nine for 102 on 12 targets. Yeah, yeah, that's a ho hum standard yeah. standard procedure, but. Um, uh, I, I was really going back and watching it. It's kind of, and I, I actually encourage uh, a guy that's been on the show before, Seth Galina. I encourage you to go check out his Twitter feed because he has a, a thread where he runs through four or five plays. 
that Taysom Hill did, and he shows you how he goes through his progression. And, you know, a lot of this stuff about how Taysom is inaccurate down the field, he struggles to pull the trigger, he doesn't process well. The, these five clips that Seth Galina shows you uh, slam that down pretty hard. He, he, I, I just want to I just want to point out like yeah. he looked prepared. He looked like a real quarterback. The ball was coming out on time. He was processing things, making correct reads, getting the ball out. Like it was pretty impressive. Well, here's the thing, and Sean Payton mentioned it in his press conference Monday. The media, you don't see it. Because he gets five plays and four of them are design runs and one of them is a design pass. You don't see what we see in practice. You you haven't seen it. So you're you're making these you're making these judgments of you know he didn't put it this way, but I will. You're making the judgment of a movie, and it's not even off the trailer of two. It's off of fifteen seconds. You know, if I showed you fifteen seconds of The Godfather. I could show you 15 seconds where you'd be like, ah, that's a shit movie. I don't want to watch that. Like, so like we don't, you know, um, not to be, not to be all, um, uh, you know, Jim Mora. You think you know, but you don't know and you never will. I mean, that's the truest statement ever about Taysom Hill. You know, it really is. I mean, it, it applies to him more than maybe anything. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, he's been a secret on the on the practice field. But I don't know. We we saw him play preseason games, and yeah. two years two years ago it was bad, but the year before that it was really good. Uh, I remember he had one preseason yeah. game where, remember he won in the fourth quarter. I want to say it was yeah. against the Chargers, where he brought the Saints back and made a ton of plays. And so I don't know. There, well, the one thing, but. The one thing about the preseason games was, and, I, and it was going into 2019, and, I, and me and you argued, I think, over in the offseason. I was like, I don't know that his accuracy is good enough. And you said, look at his college number. His, 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 accuracies are, his accuracy is, is good enough when you add all his other stuff that he'll bring to the table. And in the well, preseason the big thing, game, the big thing about college, too, remember, is it improved every year. Yeah, and, and, and in the preseason game, like he showed it. Like he's not going to be – 75%, but that's Breeze. No one is going to be – Breeze is the most accurate quarterback in the history of football. But if Well, Taysom, actually, he wasn't 75% though, Ralph. He was 80. <laughs> but if Taysom can be in the mid-60s, when you add everything else he brings you, that's a, win, that's a winning formula. The one thing I want to talk about before we get out of here, the last thing is the offensive line, the grades were okay. You gave Armstead a really good a B plus and, and Ramchek, you know – he, you know, McCoy struggled. He had the holding penalty on the touchdown. They called back. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. But the one thing I wanted to touch on was Cesar Ruiz. You gave him a B. Are you starting to see him turn the corner or maybe the light come on for the first round pick? Yeah, look, when you're going up against Tyler Davison... No, no disrespect to him. I actually like him as a player, but you know, he's very much a rotational guy. And 
I don't know that Atlanta, with the exception of Grady Jarrett, really has enough up front to really scare me. So th- this was a low degree of difficulty game, but those are the ones where you really want to see a guy rise up and dominate. He does look more comfortable. I, there, there were yeah. a number of plays where he would pull, and, and I think it's tough when you're playing guard because you know he remember he's a center. Yeah. He, he's still learning this position, and you know, as a rookie. Yep. I think it's in some ways being center would be tougher on him because of this whole snapping and all that. But but I, I think right guard is a new position for him. And it's also just when he is when they're running screens or they're running play action and he's trying he, and he's rolling out to backside protect, you know, and all that stuff like he he's he's traveling further than he would if he was a center. You know, and that, yeah. that's that that's a thing about this offense that's complex and that's forcing him. Uh, and he has the speed and he has the talent. It's more just hitting his spots. And, you know, a lot of teams have been doing double stunts to try to cross him up and pass protection. And he's been had a couple times and he'll face tougher opponents. Uh, but I did feel like overall he played a solid game. And I, I just think. You you see it every week where I I think he's only going to get better and better. Yeah, it's I mean, just about reps for him. Yeah, it's just, and it'll be interesting. We'll get into it later. You know, another podcast when we preview Denver. Fangio is old and he's cranky and he's not a great head coach, but he's a really good defensive coordinator. There, he's gonna he's going to stress Taysom in that offensive line. But the final thing I want to say is this podcast is free, but you should sign up and become a patron. Oh, by the way, people, Andrew. They are complaining about the commercials because we're packing them in. They're all on the front of the podcast and in the middle. And listen, if you become a patron, you get this podcast ad-free. That's our guarantee to you. If you're a patron, podcast, no ads ever. So treat yourself for the holiday season and give yourself the gift of Saints Happy Hour podcast and... If you sign up annually, you save 5% and you get your crew to take some cup. You can drink it. You can drink beer in it. You can drink bourbon. You can drink the tears of the nerds. Like, the crew to taste some cup is amazing. You should get it. So, everybody, have a wonderful, safe Thanksgiving. I know we got the coronavirus out there. People are traveling. Be safe. Be wonderful. And we will see you after the Saints-Broncos game Sunday night.